Hey, welcome to the Woodbury Church of Christ Sermon Audio. If you want to know more about our church family, you can check us out online at woodburychurch.org or go to our YouTube page at Woodbury Church of Christ. We're excited that you're here and we hope you enjoy the sermon today. Well, Happy New Year. We're, we're really glad that you're here. We're getting our year started off right. Uh, many of you have Spotify accounts where you can listen to all the music in the world for free. At the end of the year, Spotify sends out this little list for you of all the songs that you listen to. It tells you how many minutes of music you listen to. It tells you what was your number one song. It tells you how many times you listened to that song. So my number one song for, for Spotify Wrapped last year was... Well, do you guys think you know me? Would you be able to guess what my number one song is? Some of you are like, you just probably sit around listening to hymns. Uh, No, my Spotify is connected to my Amazon Echo, and my kids use it all the time. So my number one song is We Don't Talk About Bruno (laughs) by a long shot. That was number one. We are going to do a Woodbury Wrapped to start us off, a Woodbury Wrapped from 2022. Woodbury rap. So, which of the following songs did we love singing last year? Which of the following songs? And I'm going to let you guys guess. Did we love singing? Meaning, we sang this on more Sundays than any of the other songs on this list or any other songs. Did we love singing Days of Elijah, Firm Foundation, In Christ Alone, Living Hope, Shine, or Shine Jesus Shine? Any, any guesses? Any thoughts? You can shout it out. Yes, sir. What's that? You thought Living Hope? Anybody else? Yeah, by a mile. We sang that on more than half of the Sundays uh, last year, and it was awesome. I'm not complaining. I love singing songs I know. I mean, that's why we don't talk about Bruno, and we've listened to it a thousand times. <laughs> why not? You just sing songs you love uh, again and again. Um, this is fascinating, and I think this is one of those numbers that is really helpful for us to kind of contextualize for our church. But how many people do you think joined our church family? For our size of congregation, this is really good. We had 29 people say, I want to be part of this church family this last year in 2022. And I think that's good. I think that's wonderful. That's a big percentage. In fact, if you track like church growth statistics across all kinds of churches, that's actually really uh, an incredible rate of growth. And so we're really grateful to God for allowing us to be a place where people felt like they could call us home. Third question from Spotify Wrapped, how many Sundays uh, did Patrick's sermons go too long? And this is a tough one. We had to go back through a lot of data, but it turns out it was, the answer was zero. That's the data. It goes as long as it needs to go, right? Yes, I got one person, my nephew, clapping for me. I appreciate that. A lot of support. God has been so good to us, but I just want you to know that I think if we stop and take stock of what God has been doing in the last 12 months, overall, there have been many good things. Yes, there have been valleys, and there have been dark moments, there have been hard things, and I know some of you are going through those, but even in those hard things, you have been allowed to see glimpses of God. So here we go. Uh, In January, we started our scriptural formation journey together where our church read through the entire New Testament, and many of you did it, many of you made it, many of you got all the way through uh, June when we wrapped up Revelation. You were awesome. That was incredible. We're going to do something like that again with parts of the Old Testament coming up. Uh, In February, remember, we had one of our Ukrainian members up here on stage sharing about what was going on in his country and what his family members were dealing with, and we sent money to support uh, works that we were associated with. You may know that my 
brother-in-law and sister spent 10 years in living in Ukraine, and they're just talking about the incredible things that are happening. Last Sunday, Christmas Sunday, a church in Nicopol where they were ministering met despite the fact that there is a lot of activity going on around them, and six people were baptized last Sunday, Christmas Sunday, in the midst of a war zone. Uh, it's incredible what God can do, even in difficult circumstances. Now, we did some fellowship things starting in March. In April, we said goodbye to the Macans. Caleb and Taylor spent uh, about two years here working with our youth during COVID. Uh, but then in May, we welcomed Presley. And he's not here this Sunday to be like, yeah, we're so excited to have him here. But uh, by the way, just don't tell Presley this. This is just going to be between you and me right here in the room. We can't let Presley know. Presley, if you're watching online, just mute right now. This picture of, of us welcoming Presley was our most liked picture on Instagram. So don't let that go to his head because he gets a lot of mileage out of that stuff. Uh, and then June's a really busy year, including Mexico, VBS camps, stuff like that. Um, July, we did more service projects, service project at Target Field. In August, we have a picnic that we have a lot of fun together. There's, there's one of our little members diving off the end of the diving board. September, we had Friends Sunday. A huge amount of friends came, uh, and we were, were introduced to our church. In October, Trunk or Treat. You guys, that was unbelievable, that Trunk or Treat business. We are going to have to really prepare next year. We had about eight times as many people show up as we anticipated. It was nuts. Uh, in, in November, we had our Mission Sunday. We blew our goal out of the water. And I don't know, if you can remember all the way back to last week, we had a really nice Christmas service together, spent time together. But God has been really, really good to us. This is not to mention baptisms and small groups and meal trains and prayers and just the million little connections that, that make church church. God has been good to us. And we're hoping for more of that in the coming year. This week... Between Christmas and New Year's is a weird week. Some of you worked. Some of you did not. Some of you should have worked but did not. And I am pretty susceptible to a particular kind of message this time of year. It's kind of the do more, get more accomplished mentality. You see like an article or a headline that says something about how to make the most out of your workday. I, kind of, I like to click on those because I want to be more productive. I want to accomplish more. I'll give you a little insight into preacher world, guy who works at church world. Um, and not that this is always this way, but I have some preacher buddies who are just, they're just on it. They just get stuff accomplished. I'll, I'll have coffee with them occasionally, and I'll walk away from those coffees feeling so discouraged because they're just getting so much done, and I don't know how they do it. And they tell me, oh, yeah, yeah, I wake up at 3.30 a.m. every day of the week, and I run two marathons, and then I make breakfast for my kids, and then I read the Bible together, and I spend an hour with them discussing Scripture, and then I take them to school, and then I publish three books a week, and I read 12 books a week. And it's just like, how do you do all of that? And so I see articles like this and I'm like, okay, how could I make the most out of my work day? And then you see more articles that say things like three practical ways to be more productive. Well, that's better than the one tip. And then four ways to be 10 times more productive. You could watch a YouTube video and then nine habits to be more productive, or 17 tricks to get more things done during the workday, or 18 habits of highly productive people, or this article, how to increase your productivity by a thousand percent. How does the math even work on that? You have to be underperforming 
pretty drastically to increase by a thousand percent. I buy into those and it makes me want to feel like, oh, I got to do more. I got to be more. I got to accomplish more. My identity is wrapped up in those things. And I am susceptible to that, particularly at the beginning of a year when I'm thinking about the whole year laying out before me. And I'm like, all right, this year, I'm going to get all the stuff done that I wanted to get done last year. And I couldn't because I just couldn't get my act together. I couldn't get it all figured out. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start this year with one single biblical principle. And the principle is one simple trick to be less productive in 2023. You think I'm joking, I'm not. One simple way to be less efficient, to accomplish less, to do less in 2023. Some of you are like, I'm already tuning out because my type A personality wants to do more. You're telling me less. That's not the way my brain works. But hold on. If you take your Bibles and go all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy, this is a recording of God's law where God was like, here's the things that I want my people to know and I want my people to remember. Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 19. When you're harvesting your field... You guys all, and a bunch of harvesters in here, right? When you're harvesting your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back and get it. Leave it to the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. What? What in the world is that? Why would God, when he's thinking, here's the, here's the guidelines, here's the rules, here's the law for my people, why would he include a line about how to be less efficient? Now, I don't know. I've never been a farmer, never farmed, never hobby farmed, never gone to a friend to a farm to help him farm. I've never done anything like that. So forgive me if this is not how it works, but I imagine an ancient farmer with their... Scythe? Scythe? Is that what it's called? And they're out there scything? Is that what they do? And they're just scything down the wheat? Maybe not? I don't know. I don't, I'm telling you, I don't know how this works. And as they're going, they're getting a little tired. The sharp thingy, the sickle. Sickle! That's the word. Is that it? No, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> you guys don't want to be on this journey with me, I can tell. The sharp thingy to cut down things is getting dull. And somebody helpfully says, hey, you missed a spot. You know how aggravating that can be. And you can say, well, according to the word of God, I need to leave that. I cannot go back and get it. I cannot be more efficient. God took the time to write this in his book. In fact, he goes on in the next two verses and he talks about, you need to do the same with your olive trees and your grape vineyards. Do not be over-efficient, but leave some Leave some extra, leave some margin for the fatherless and the widow so that the Lord your God may bless you. In fact, this isn't an anomaly in Hebrew scripture. Of the big 10 rules that, that God gave his people, one of them is a mandatory day off every single week. Does anybody know what the consequence for not taking that day off was according to the Hebrew law? Death. Death. Capital punishment if you don't take a day off. That's kind of wild that God would make it such a big deal, such a big production. You can work six days, but do not max out. Take that one day off. Why, why would God do that? Why would God do that? What is it about humans 
And the way that we're wired and the way that we generally think that God would say, you know what, you need to be a little less efficient sometimes and you need to take a day off. Harvard Business Review did this study uh, at this specific firm where they discovered, shockingly, and this is pre-COVID, so a lot of pre-remote working, um, that people were faking being busy. Shock, right? So they would write emails at normal times, and then they would use the schedule send feature on the emails to send emails late, late at night, or early in the morning. So their boss would get an email at like 5 a.m. or 1 a.m. thinking this person must be up really late. And if you're really good at deception, you don't put 1 a.m., you put like 108 or 112 so that your boss doesn't think you're scheduling emails. Why is that? Because they knew that pretending to be over busy would reflect better on your job review. Pretending to be over busy. In fact, at the same firm, if people got a call or text during a child's recital or maybe a kid's baseball game, uh, they would respond with, sorry, I'm in another meeting. Because, listen to this, listen to how backward this is. It was more acceptable for you to be working than for you to be supporting your child. Isn't that wild? Now, some of you are like, my company's pretty good. We don't do that. But you understand that we live in a culture that operates that way. We live in a culture that operates without margin, whether it be time or money or energy. We live in a culture that wants to, to soak all that up. It's more honorable to say that you're working than to say that you're with your family. Lewis Carroll wrote in Alice in Wonderland, this is a quote from the Red Queen, where he writes her saying, Now here you see it takes all the running you can do to keep in the same place. If you want to get somewhere else, you must run at least twice as fast as that. And I think that's an adage that a lot of modern Western Americans live by. Man, I, I, I was able to do some things this year, but I got to run twice as fast. I got to burn myself even out even more next year just to, just to stay where I am. And it's not work. It's everything. It's all the things we, listen, it's all the things we sign up our kids for. Yeah. Overextending their schedules. Having too much going on in their lives. I'm off script a little bit here, so uh, forgive me if I say something ridiculous. But during COVID, when everything slowed down, there was parts of that that were really unhealthy for people, you know, just needing to have some activity, needing to, to be together, needing to do things. But there were parts of that where you had a built-in excuse for your life to resume some normalcy. And now that some of that has faded away, you're finding yourself the treadmill's getting faster and faster again in 2022 and 2023, and you're a little nervous that you're going to lose some of the good things, the good time, the time to slow down and breathe or read or spend time with family because it's all spinning up again because evidently we didn't learn our lesson. It's everything. Kids, exercise, recreation. By the way, do you know laziness is the same problem as busyness? Did you know that? Laziness and busyness both consume our resources without regard for our priorities. Because some of you are like, listen, I don't think the problem is so much that people are spending too much time doing stuff. They're spending too little time and they need to get off their rear ends and start being productive. But sometimes it's the same problem. I can procrastinate both by being lazy and by being busy. Deuteronomy 24, 19, when you're harvesting your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back and get it. Leave it to the foreigner, the fatherless, the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. Do you see the heart of God here? 
This is so interesting. There's so much that we could explore that we just don't have time to get into. But the heart of God is be, be less efficient, be less productive, turn less of that grain into, into money so that you can leave some of it. Leave some of the margins for the foreigner and the fatherless and the widow. You see the heart of God revealed in this verse. Now, some of you are like, I'm not quite sure. Okay, a verse out of Deuteronomy, I'm not a farmer. So what does that have to do with my deadlines that I have at work or the fact that my kids <laughs> coach schedule the practice at 4 a.m. on a Tuesday or whatever crazy thing it is? This is an ancient thing. What does this have to do with us? Well, Paul the Apostle in the New Testament wrote something similar about generosity. 2 Corinthians 8.8, 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, in all things, whether it be your time, your energy, your productivity, in all things, you have, you can have all that you need. You, you can have that, all that you need. Why? So that you will abound in every good work. God blesses you to abound in every good work for people like the fatherless and the widow and the orphan. If you aren't offended yet, uh, this next part may be the part that does it. But here are a couple of ways that we indicate that we are running ahead of our capacity. These are the priorities in life that tend to get eliminated at the altar of productivity in career and busyness. Number one, consistent prayer. Consistent prayer. Now, I know a lot of you are like, yeah, yeah, I don't pray enough. I know I don't pray enough. Thanks for making me feel guilty about it. I, I get it. I, I don't either. But this is one of the first things that tends to go when our life and our schedule gets out of control. We don't stop and breathe and listen and pray. This is one of the first things to go. Here's another one that goes. Being with Christians. It tends to go. Now, this is the one that I'm, I'm anticipating probably getting the most defensiveness about. But one of the things that goes when our lives are over busy is the time with other believers. The time, whether it be here at church, and some of you are like, oh, you don't have, God doesn't say you have to come to church every single Sunday. I get that. That's not what this is about. But I cannot tell you how many times I've had conversations with people who are frustrated and upset because they lack relationships, good, Christian, godly relationships. They lack those. And I recognize that they aren't spending time with other Christians, whether it's at church, which is a baseline, or in small groups, or just getting together with them at other times. And I say things like, well, hey, come to church. That's a great way to start getting connected with people on a regular basis. And they're like, no, I've got other things I got to do. I got other. Well, you can't complain if you're not willing to do the things to solve that problem. Being with Christians, being together. Engaging with scripture. This is a big one too. Just not digging into the Bible. Just not spending time reading what God has given us. Uh, developing or maintaining friendships. They don't have to be Christian friendships, just any friendships. This is especially bad for adults, right? We have a hard time managing friendships. Uh, and then finally, generosity. Whether it be financial or with our time or attention or energy, uh, they, those things go. People want to go deeper in their spiritual life. And I don't know, maybe some of, I don't, I don't presume to know. 
But I, I assume that some of you, if you've thought about, well, yeah, yeah, I have a New Year's resolution. I, I want to get to know God more. I want to be more serious about my spiritual walk. I want to be more serious about my prayer life or my Bible reading. I, wanna, I, want that to, I, I want my relationship with God to be deeper. I want that. But, well, but I, I don't know that I'm going to do any of those things, Patrick. I don't know that I'm going to actually invest in those things because I'm already running at capacity and I don't have room to add those things to my list. If that's what you're thinking, you're not hearing me correctly. I'm not saying add those things to your list. I'm saying eliminate some of your list and build your life around those things. You know, I do sometimes hear people say like, well, Patrick, okay, but I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. And you're just talking about prayer and Bible reading. I want to go deeper. And you're just talking about like fellowship and getting together with Christians and attending church services. But I want to go deeper. I want, I want more. I want deeper. Well, this stuff is deeper. It is deeper. If you've lost the, the, the anchor of a relationship with God through prayer and scripture reading and communing with fellow Christians, then this is deeper. You don't ever graduate from brushing your teeth you don't say, I brushed my teeth for 30 years now and I can move on. I've kind of figured out all the nuances of toothbrushing and now I can move on to something else. No, you do it because it's part of, of what you need to do just to live in the world and not have stinky breath and your teeth fall out. That's just part of it. Whether or not you like that, that's the way it is. This stuff is deeper. So we're going to wrap up with this. Here's my first day of the year challenge for you. Uh, number one, if you're here, congratulations. Congratulations. You have come to church 100% of the Sundays this year. You have an unbroken, undefeated streak. Don't waste it now. Make that part of your routine. God has not blessed me with enough ability to persuade anybody to do something they don't want to do. I don't have that in me. It has to be God working on your heart. And some of you are like, Patrick, I don't want to hear a sales pitch. I don't want to hear you try to persuade me to do anything I don't want to do. Well, I can't. I just want you to know I can't. It only can be God. It can only be the Spirit of God working on you. I can't drag you into something. But I am praying for you. If you're here in this room, if you're part of this church family, if you're a long-term guest, I am praying that God will pull you into 2023 with a desire for spiritual depth and life and flourishing, and only he can provide that. So we got you a little gift from the church. It's from the church to you. It's just a little journal, and it's got the church's name on it. It's kind of cool looking, right? It looks nice, doesn't it? Here's what I want you to do. If you're interested, you don't have to. Nobody's required to take one of these. Supplies are limited. But if you are interested... I want you to take one of these on your way out. They're going to be at the back near the welcome table. And it's just a way. It's a way of taking those intentions and those desires and those goals and those hopes and just creating a little substance around them to say, okay, you know what? I do want to pray more. Well, hey, you know, one of the things I do is I write my prayers down. I can't, I can't think my prayers because if I think my prayers, I just get distracted and do other things. And so I write my prayers down and that helps me. Just, just a sentence or two or a word or two. Just write those things down and thanksgiving and all that. We've actually got a strategy guide for you, and it's on the welcome table as well. Pick one of those up if prayer hasn't been your thing. If scripture reading hasn't been your thing, I already told you that we're going to be reading through a chunk of the Old Testament this year. We're going to be reading through what's called the Pentateuch. It's the first five books of the Bible, and it's got some stuff that people tend to avoid in the Bible, and we're going to tackle it. We're going to just head on, take care of it. Uh, but hey, if you want to 
read through the New Testament, there's a reading guide in there. Just write down some thoughts or ideas or especially questions. That's one of my favorite things to do is write down questions. God, why in the world is this happening? Why did you say this? It's a great way to start exploring with God. So we've got a little journal. If you want to just doodle in it, I don't care. Doodle in it. But something that creates some reality, that takes all those goals and those ideas and makes them material and begins to, to enter them into the real world. That's what, that's what I want for us as a church family, that, that 2023 be a time of spiritual revitalization. In my journal, that's what I'm writing down for you as a church and for me, that 2023 be a time of foundational spiritual revitalization for us that we grow deeper with God, but that, that deepness spreads to the community around us and other people are attracted to the reality of what God is doing here and in us.